You're listening to Leah and Alana watch The X-Files. Leah's seen it. Alana hasn't. I'm Leah. I'm Alana. Uh, This is episode 12, entitled Fire. And this is an episode that I have been anxiously awaiting to discuss with you, Alana. Um... Because it's really one of the first explorations of Mulder's life pre-Scully, pre-FBI. And it's a lot to take in. There's a lot in this episode and there's so much that I'm excited to talk about. But before we get into that, I just want to say happy Halloween. (laughs) We made it. We will not be a show that does not recognize or acknowledge the world's greatest holiday. Exactly. I will almost be, (laughs) but Alana will not let me do it. 100%, 100%. You tried to skip over it, and I said, no. We're gonna, Mm -hmm. we're going to recognize that it's Halloween. This is not a Halloween episode, but as we've talked about, they haven't done a Halloween episode. They lied and said that they did, but they haven't. Uh, so I'm just going to shoehorn Halloween in here. It's, it's Halloween. It is Halloween. And I hope you guys are all having a fantastic spooky season this year. Um, hopefully not too spooky as I think the rest of the year has really covered spook, um, as much as we can really handle it. But I hope you're having some fun spooky times instead of, uh, bad ones. Yeah. Yeah. A good thing to ask for. Something that's, uh, I don't know, I think it's fun, is that, as we know, it's Halloween, the election's in a couple days, but the good news is, is that there's an asteroid that's hurtling towards us. Supposedly it's going to miss us, but uh, I think we have high hopes over here at Lee and Alana Watch the X-Files that uh, it might hit us. It might just at the last minute decide to take a different course and right into America would be ideal. Um, (laughs) I think we should be the first to go. Uh, I have had high hopes for this since I first heard about it, which was actually from a professor. Um, We were just having a normal class discussion and all of a sudden she just stops and goes, oh my God, did you guys hear about the asteroid? And I was like, tell me everything this is the day that i've been waiting for we're a little morbid aren't we but um you know guys things aren't going too hot um we've been asking for aliens to save us but space rock hurtling towards us will do for me Um, yeah that's fine how you you told me that this is the closest an asteroid has been to hitting earth in how long oh well i don't remember (laughs) But Mm. a long time, right? Like, I think maybe since an asteroid hit Earth? Ooh, I'd have to pull it up. (laughs) This is the closest an asteroid (laughs) has come to hitting us since the last time an asteroid actually hit us. Listen, you heard it here first. (laughs) You heard it here first. And you know what? I stand by that. Um... But maybe I don't want to say this, but I'll say it. And if I don't want to say it, I'll edit it out later. Um, I don't know if that was 
there's been a couple asteroids this year, um, which I was unaware of because there's just so much other fucking bullshit going on that it's hard to keep track of the asteroids and meteors. But I do think that there was one in August that zoomed right by, but it was relatively small. So even if it did hit, it wasn't supposed to be disastrous. Um, And I think that was the one that was the closest it has come. And I believe the one that is on its way is close, but like it's close for, for, I guess, in comparison, but it's, I think still like 4 million miles away. Hmm. Um, I don't love that. But I think in, it could be closer. In space terms, I mean, it could be closer. I think it's like, it's quite a bit farther than the moon. Um, but it's closer than the sun. <laughs> okay. So, well, you know. Maybe it'll change courses, uh, the way that hurricanes change courses and right. hit by the, other places. By the time... <laughs> By the time this airs, it's going to be, like, scheduled to actually hit Earth. <laughs> We're going to sound like idiots. But, but I people be, are still going to be listening to our podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, if an asteroid's coming, people are going to be binging this. <laughs> yeah. That new an episode asteroid. just came out! <laughs> <laughs> Gotta hear it before we get hit. <laughs> An asteroid is the last uh, the last thing that we need to really make this a full-on disaster movie. I mean, we've mm-hmm. got the West Coast is just fully on fire. We got uh, hurricanes that are stronger than they have been in a long time, if maybe ever. Uh, we got, you know, fascism on the rise in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there's some other stuff that's, oh, oh, a pandemic. We have a pandemic that's... <laughs> that's become so normalized that it's, like, not even on the list anymore. We're just cool with that one. It's really yeah, I totally stuff. forgot. Yeah. yeah. That oh, thing. an asteroid. I mean, I do feel like the pandemic started three to five years ago, like, in my emotional mind. That is how long it has been. Yeah, I would say that's true. We've all aged at least a few years. Oh, absolutely. We're ready to we're ready to die. We're ready for the <laughs> asteroid. Yeah, but we want to die from an asteroid, just to be clear. Like we don't want it to be COVID, no fires, no natural disasters, just an asteroid and or alien abduction i guess though i'd like to live to tell the tale aliens if you if you do um take requests um but you know i'm not picky yeah all that's acceptable we will also or at least i will take uh a robotic computer uh right overlord situation i'll take that yeah and if you come for me i will send you towards alana because i don't want to go that way (laughs) Which means that they're going to come for me, and I'm fully aware of it. Okay, I feel like we've we've covered Halloween as much as I wanted to cover it, and then we covered some other things too. So, 
I am comfortable actually talking about this episode now. Alana is just trying to get me to stop talking about the fucking (laughs) X-Files. She's like, no, 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 no. It's Halloween and there's asteroids and oh, don't forget the pandemic. Yeah, I, you know, every day I'm just like, hey, what if we talk about this on the podcast? (laughs) That's why we've been pitching so many spinoffs, just to to see uh, the day when we inevitably quit. (laughs) No, we're never going to quit. I liked this episode. I've liked the past few episodes a lot. I'm shocked, honestly, I guess, to hear you say that you liked it because... Did we watch the same? I mean, I liked it. I I liked this episode, but I just wouldn't expect for that to be your first comment, I guess. I don't know why, because this episode was all about Mulder's love life, which is all that I care about. But not with Scully. Who the fuck is Phoebe? Listen, I got to see him kiss somebody, and that's enough for me. I'm going to hang up this call. <laughs> I am livid. I think that's the only word uh, that comes to mind here. You, I, I mean, you're fine with Mulder being with anybody? Yeah. Uh, mm, mm. You know, <laughs> no, I'm not okay with him, I guess. If he was in a long-term relationship with Phoebe, that would obviously be awful because she's obviously awful and I wouldn't enjoy that. But just seeing him have an interest in some in somebody and seeing him kind of talk about his previous love life was interesting because we have not learned anything about him. He's never talked about women. He's never talked about girlfriends or ex-girlfriends. This is all entirely new information to us, which I appreciated. All right. I'll let you have it. I do have the note that um, I think that Mulder hasn't had sex since college, (laughs) Um, which is really what it seems like when he encounters Phoebe that like, this is probably the last person that he's had sex with. And uh, that is why he is just so, I mean, he's so thrown off. He is clearly a little fucked up from this girl. She yeah. is very hot. Um, I will give her that. That's all I'll give her, though. Otherwise, I'm not a huge fan. Um, but she is gorgeous. And that is why I fully understand Scully's very apparent jealousy in this episode. Oh, from the first kiss outside the car, she's like, who are you? Yeah, Scully's upset in this episode, for sure. She's definitely going home and listening to, I don't know, whatever the 1993 version of Adele was. (laughs) But so Phoebe is, uh, she... Uh, works for the Scotland Yard. Is that, am I saying that in the correct way? Like the Scotland Yard? It sounds good to me. Cool. And she brings Mulder a case um, about uh, someone who is burned to death. And we learn that her and Mulder were together when they were in college. Mulder was very in love with her. And Mulder is very clearly not over her or I think he even directly says I only just like started 
to get over her and then she comes back 10 years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she really did a number on him. I think she probably played a lot of mind games and he could not figure it out. I think he's just a little baby puppy inside and just, he's you know, he's got no game. He has no clue what he's doing. Like I said, he clearly hasn't really dated since. You know, he's married to the job and to Scully, but that's, you know, that's just in our minds. Yeah, he's very clearly very sensitive and holds on to things for a long time, which I relate to. I get it. Yeah. That's why we love our Mulder. Yeah. And the alien stuff is pretty cool. Yeah, that's true. I guess maybe I will just go into the thing that really... Just jump uh, in. It just shocked me, and it um, made me happy, and it, it, it took my breath away. When we learn that in college, mm-hmm. Mulder and Phoebe, Phoebe had sex on top of a tombstone. Yes. Yes, they did. And I knew exactly uh, what you were going to say when you started that. Um, and I feel a lot of pride for Mulder when I when I think of this moment. Um, I think that, you know, there is there is a version of his life where this is how he got the name Spooky Mulder. Um, Spooky Mulder, more like Freaky Mulder, am I right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, you are. Um, but, like, if people didn't already think he was spooky because he was just, like, a psych major, really, at that point. Um, I mean, his sister had been abducted and whatnot, but we don't know, really, what his persona was at Oxford. And you heard that there was just this guy that had sex on a tombstone. You'd be like, that's a spooky dude. And I don't think that's how he got the nickname because people would say it with, a, I think, like, uh a sense of admiration and they definitely don't mean it that way when they refer to him as that. I have a lot of feelings about this because partially it's like, all right, I'm happy that Mulder is uh, a bit of an exhibitionist and that he's mm. doing things like that. That makes me very happy. But I guess knowing Mulder and especially knowing how kind of like fragile and uh, vulnerable he is in this episode, it also makes me feel like having sex with Phoebe in this uh, graveyard on top of a tombstone probably meant a lot to him. And it's probably something that is very sentimental to him, whereas to her, it is definitely not so. Yeah, she was the one with, like, all of the control in that relationship. And I think that that's very clear. Um, Poor guy, honestly. I mean, you can just see it when he sees her that he's like... What the fuck are you doing here? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we definitely all have that ex or past love who just shows up in our lives at the most inopportune moment. And that is what happens (laughs) for Mulder here. I have a note that just says, I don't know, I have an ex that played mind games, but I wouldn't attempt to solve a case with them. (laughs) 
Well, neither you or your ex are detectives, so I don't no, think but like, should- but if we were, but if we were, um, and I should, I guess, add that the end of that is at least not without my hot new FBI partner, because Scully yeah. kind of stays out of it, kind of per Mulder's request, and I'm like, no, no, if this was me, I'd be like, I'll do it, but she's coming. <laughs> yeah, it is interesting that Scully is... I think immediately very attuned to Phoebe being a bad person to Mulder and she's jealous, but I think she's also worried about him and she keeps asking him like, do you want me to come with you? Do you want me to do this with you? I like, please let me do this with you. And he keeps saying no. Yeah. She's very protective, but in like a jealous way and a like, let me take care of you way. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is just so sweet. Um, yeah, and he does keep kind of denying her uh, doing that. And I, I don't know what – oh, you know what? <laughs> I was just about to say what he likes to play with fire, and then I was like, that's too spot on. You can't say that. Um, that I don't think we've t- we talked about much of the plot of this episode other than um, – that she comes to him kind of with this case of this man who has burned. Um, Well, I think that's the most important part of this episode, honestly, but we did not talk about, and this is a very important part to mention about Phoebe is that Mulder says to Scully that Phoebe is playing mind games with him. He already knows from the start because she brought him this case because Mm -hmm. she knows that he's terrified of fire. Yes. Mulder has an actual fear and we get to see it in action. Yeah, he's really going through it in this episode. He's got this ex that is this big love of his life that he has a lot of um, trouble getting over. And he's also literally having to face his fears of fire. And I feel like it's probably, those things are probably like a metaphor for each other. And he even like kind of tells Scully when he denies her coming with him at one point, that this is like something he needs to do on his own and something that he mm-hmm. needs to conquer on his own. And he kind of does eventually, but it takes him a little time. A little bit. And it's, you know, it's not really uh, his choice kind of, I mean, <laughs> we're, we're yeah. skipping around a lot. Um <laughs> We always do. Listen, this is what the people expect. Yeah, but something that Mulder finds out at the end of this episode after he has kissed Phoebe, they've had like a very intimate moment together. She seems to be having an affair with the father of the family that they're trying to help. Yep. Yes, she fucking is. Um, I fucking hate her. (laughs) I don't understand how she had the time to start this affair. I do think that she had kind of been, I guess, working for or with this family prior, but not much prior. But, like, she was in America because they were in America. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. She just, like, looks at men and then they just fall at her feet and fuck her in a graveyard, I guess. I don't – it is the – it is what I wish 
the effect that I wish I had on people that I don't seem to have. I mean, it's probably good to not have that effect on people <laughs> because it certainly seems like it's made her a not good person. Yeah, no, I mean, I get it. I get you. You're right. You're right. You're totally right. Um, that doesn't mean that it's not like the fantasy of the villain version of myself. Um, sure. She's British. The villain, the villain version of yourself is British. <laughs> Absolutely British. Um, wouldn't it be fun if I was like, I've been working on my British accent and then just like whipped it out, but. No. Have you been? No, not even a little bit. Uh, I haven't even mm-hmm. been watching British TV lately. So I have, it's, I don't even know what it sounds like at this point. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I can, I can whistle right now for you though. What do you guys think? Yeah. Incredible. What song I'm was that? practicing for <laughs> Fuck You. <laughs> that was the, um, well, if I say, then will they sue me? Uh, that was just like a bar of the X-Files theme song. And um, it's fine that Alana didn't know that. It's totally okay. No, I knew. I knew. <laughs> it's fine. I knew. She just wanted me to say it so that I would get sued. Um and exactly. she could say that she didn't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I, I mean, you haven't even mentioned that the the guy who I should start writing people's names down um, in this episode uh, lights things on on fire with his mind. Um, we've just been talking about fire like it's like it's a casual, just like normal arson. Uh, situation and it is very much not this guy is capable of setting fires with his mind lighting himself on fire uh, what do they call that pyrokinetic uh maybe yeah that sounds right i mean he can do this and that's a very big part of this episode but <laughs> nobody investigating the case really ever talks about it like they don't know for a long time and then they're like oh like they see it happening but nobody discusses it nobody's like hey did y'all like see that yeah it is kind of a a weird circumstance where in this one like the audience knows a lot of it and no one else is really mentioning it um but what I think is fascinating about this man is he doesn't seem to want to hide it. Like, I, I guess he doesn't want people to know that he's murdering people by setting them on fire. Um, but he does, like, go to bars and is like, watch this, and, like, you know, offers to light someone's cigarette with his finger and then, like, puts his whole arm on fire just to fuck with people and then is playing with these this family's kids and shows them that he can like light a cigarette by just putting the cigarette in his mouth and then the cigarette lights um i just think that he is very reckless with this this talent i guess um the skill superpower i don't know what you want to call it uh, like he he really doesn't try to hide it at all well, when he is at that bar and he 
uh, lights his arm on fire. He then lights the entire bar on fire and he burns the bar down. Yeah. And the woman who was trying to hook up with him, who asked him for a light, ends (laughs) up in the hospital. And it is really like, I don't know why he did that because his main purpose, his MO here is that he becomes obsessed with wives. And um, so he focuses on a family at a time. He becomes obsessed with the wife of the family, uh, draws pictures of her, shit like that. And then he eventually lights the husband on fire. But then it's like, he doesn't seem to pursue the wife after that or harm the wife after that. He just moves on to another family. So I, in, in general, don't understand what he's doing. He's just going around creating widows. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't know. That's a good point. He does not seem to have, unless, I mean, I agree that he is focusing on wives, but I guess he's, these people are all like, fancy british people i think they're uh, more than that like but you know what i mean um british aristocracy is that a word yeah there's a lot of posh people in this episode yeah and he seems to be taking out like rich powerful men but even in doing that what is he getting out of it yeah i don't i don't know it it didn't seem to be politically motivated on his end, but he does seem to be taking out very wealthy British men. Yeah. It seems like he, he should have had like a goal with, <laughs> with his actions, whether it was political, romantic, I don't care, but he seemed to just be acting just for the hell of it. Yeah. And I mean, maybe that's just who he is. I Scully does profile him at one point because she is even Mulder has left and gone to Boston to investigate this with Phoebe. She asked to come. He told her no, but she's still thinking about it. She does a profile on her own. I wish I could remember what she said in her profile. Maybe well, that she's the one who it. figures it out. She does. I mean, she kind of does. She thinks it's the the driver, and it's not the driver. But he. But he is the driver now. Well, they don't know. This guy. (laughs) This guy became a lot of people. He he killed their caretaker that they had never met and adopted the identity of the caretaker, and then he poisoned their driver so that uh, they would ask him to be the driver because they were like, oh, the driver's sick. Like, will you be our driver? So then he does become the driver, but he doesn't, I mean, he's not, they think that it's the the real driver, his name, but he doesn't assume the, it's not like the family thinks he's that driver. Like they know they've replaced that driver. Do you Mm. understand what I'm saying? I do. I do. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and jump to when they're, like, they're kind of at the party or whatever it is, and Mulder's dancing with Phoebe, and Scully's there. Mulder's in a tux. Mulder's in a tux, and Mulder's dancing with this woman 
that he shouldn't be dancing with, and then he's kissing this woman that he shouldn't be kissing, and Scully is there, and she's not supposed to be, but she is, and so she sees this happen, and God, do I feel for her, but she also comes across this guy who is, I wish I remembered his fucking name, um, but the guy that's setting all the fires, and I think it's in that moment that she thinks or like that she like that she connects it and thinks that it's him and she thinks that he's the driver that is the connection that i made and then you know obviously a fire starts in the hotel and he's the one that like goes and saves the children um and scully's like that's weird he was just down here he sets the fire where on the floor where the children are and Mulder runs up to try to save the kids but he sees the fire and is just immediately frozen in fear and then essentially passes out and he just becomes another person the actual firefighters need to save and it's very sad yeah i mean he doesn't he doesn't help but he had good intentions really just nothing goes right for him in this episode he's having a hard time no, he really does. And I mean, when he sees Phoebe kissing the, you know, father of this family, and, and, and he's not even like, I mean, he's he's surprised and he's upset, but I think it's like this has he this had to have also been maybe something that happened in their relationship prior. Like he's just kind of like fucking of course. I'm going to just move on now. Like he's like, he's not so upset to the point that he's going to stop and yell at her or like, you know, sit in his emotion. He's just like, yeah, I should have known you were going to be doing that shit. Like, yeah, he's not surprised. And also after he passes out from the fire, when he wakes up in his hotel room, Scully is there, of course. And he asks where Phoebe is. And she's and like, I don't know. The most upsetting part of this episode for me. Yeah. I'm like, really? You didn't even know Scully was here. She came. She's fucking taking care of you. And you want to know where that bitch is right now? Mm-mm. No, Mulder. And then following that, he's like, can you go do – because she at that point, you know, like tells him her profile and like kind of what she thinks is going on. And he's like, okay, you go look into that. I'm going to go find Phoebe. And I'm like, are you kidding? Of all the times, of all the times you are not going to be involved in an investigation that you might actually, like, be able to solve and that is paranormal? Whatever. I'm over you, Mulder. I'm not. I love you. Yeah, he doesn't... He doesn't know, and it seems like nobody knows that this is actually a paranormal case. And it doesn't seem like he suspects it, probably because he's so blinded by Phoebe that he's, like, barely even thinking about his work. I think – I feel like he kind of questions it at the beginning when they're talking to that guy who's, like, a fire expert. Um, But he doesn't really – go into it much further but i do think that phoebe kind of brings this case to him also i mean obviously the fire thing to fuck with him but also because i mean she knows that this is what he does and i think that she's kind of trying to get his input on uh whether or not he thinks that this is a paranormal 
um, circumstance. And he, sh- he should be more interested in that possibility than he is. Um, but she got in his way. I think now is maybe a good time for me to share a fact that I learned about this episode. Because I was I looking at it. this episode on IMDb. I think I was trying to figure out who was playing the arsonist. And I happened to see this fun fact, which is the character of Phoebe Green was originally intended to be a recurring role because Chris Carter admired the actress and he liked working Sherlock Holmes references into the script, which she she does say a lot, which was kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fan reaction to this rival to Scully proved so strong that this idea was swiftly dropped. So yeah. people just immediately rioted. Bye! <laughs> Even, even this was season one, episode eleven, and people were like, "Yeah, we will not put up with this." Yet they were still like, "Well, he's not going to be with Scully, but we're going to let you guys just like hold on to that pipe dream for years and years." Um, but yeah, people don't want to see people don't want to see that people don't want to see that shit. That's all there is to it. I mean, and I I still agree, and I thank those people of 1993 that um that did this for us heroes i i again i i think that this episode is more explicit about scully being jealous and there being something between them that i it's just like more than I expected because one of the few things that I know about the X-Files is that they draw this relationship out for a long time and they don't end up together for a long time. So it's surprising to me that in episode 12, we're so explicitly seeing Scully being jealous of Mulder with another woman. Yeah. There's like quite a few instances of this type of explicit jealousy and you just, like, I, I think I've said this before, you just have to take these little treats when they give them to you and just, you know, fantasize about them to your heart's content and then just not ask for more because they're rarely going to give it. I feel like I would have been fine with them keeping the Phoebe character if they hadn't made her so evil from the start like she is we know she's not a good person we know she doesn't care about Mulder she just wants to fuck with him maybe that's the dynamic they wanted but they could have made it more subtle than that if they wanted her to be a recurring character yeah it's like they came on too strong if that's what they wanted yeah but you know what good because I wouldn't have been able to put up with it I just wouldn't have. I would have been livid. I thought it was funny that... So we know that the arsonist uh, poisoned the driver to make him sick. We find out at the end of the episode that he also uh, lit the driver on fire, but he lit the driver on fire when he was bent over the toilet, which I just thought was, uh, uh, what salt in the wound to not just kill him, but kill him in a way where he is, he is stuck bent over a toilet. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to murder you and embarrass the shit out of you. (laughs) Yeah. It was a lot. We also learned that Mulder has a photographic memory I guess maybe that's not that surprising because we know he's a good uh, FBI agent, but I thought that was fun information. 
Maybe the last thing that I'll say is that at the end of this episode, the house has caught on fire. The arsonist has caught the house on fire. Everybody's running out, but Mulder says that he's going to be the person that runs up to save the kids because the arsonist has locked the kids in a room. So Mulder is going to go save him. He's going to go be a hero in the fire. And Phoebe, as he's like running up to get the kids, asks him if he's going to be okay, which is a stupid question to ask because like, who knows? He's running into fire. He can't tell you if he's going to be okay. But what he says because of how much she had hurt him is he says, yeah, I'll be fine. There's no place I'd rather be. Yeah. Oh, boy. He has hurt him so much that he would rather be literally in a burning house when his worst fear is fire than anywhere near her. I was going to say good for him, but, like, I don't mean it. I just mean, like, good for him for, like, saying that to her because she she needs to understand the extent to which uh, she has really fucked up his life again. (laughs) Yeah, she really hurt him. And then the episode ends with, I think they pour accelerant or something onto the arsonist. So when he lights himself on fire, he really lights himself on fire in a way that like actually burns him, which I don't understand because previously he was able to light himself on fire without hurting himself. But he burns himself pretty bad and he ends up in the hospital. So this is another scenario where the bad guy does not die and there's an opening that they might come back. But he's in the hospital and he's in, I guess what you would call kind of a tube for extreme burn victims. I think that he's specifically in, they say he's in a cryogenic chamber so that he can't raise his body heat enough to catch on fire. Right. But he is, his skin is healing really fast, right? Yes. For a burn victim. It's like, he's like going to be okay. Whereas typically if you were burned to that extent, you might not make it. Yes, exactly. He is healing very fast and he's going to be fine. But they are, I think like this cryogenic chamber is kind of like his prison cell. Like they know that he's capable of doing this. So they're keeping him in this. So he's not able to do it. Right, 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 right. Yes. Tonight, I will say, hey, asteroid, if you're out there, why don't you come hit us? Because we're ready for it.